Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. Orlando's News and Talk. Live, local, and loud. Who are these knuckleheads? Passion. We have no clear star. We can lose anybody and still be as good. Energy. You are obsessed with his mother. I'm a little uncomfortable with how obsessed with his mother you are. And a whole lot of laughs. Oh, crap, all of you. It's live, local, and loud. We have a show on a Marconi award-winning station. This is like playing for the Yankees. Here's Nick Grenowitz and Jerry Daniels. All right, here we go. A Monday night edition of the big show, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580, Orlando's News and Talk. It is a Super Bowl Monday edition, and we are indeed jam-packed. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nikki Football. Rams are Super Bowl champs. How about the MVP Cooper Cup? We will get it. Did the right guy win the Super Bowl MVP last night? The Buccaneers apparently leaving the door open for a certain legendary quarterback to make a return. The Dolphins ownership group is in trouble. We'll get into all that. Favorite commercials. The halftime show, I think, did not miss a beat. And we'll get into that and a whole lot more. You can get in touch. 844-580-9326. That's 844-580-9326. Also, in the open mic in the WDBO app. Just download the app. Click on the open mic. We will play those throughout the show. But, of course, you know how we start every single night. A six-pack of the can't-miss stories from today. Today, the Yingling Six-Pack on Live, Local, and Loud. One. Well, of course, the number one story, the Rams are Super Bowl champs. L.A. beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 in Super Bowl 56 on Sunday night, becoming the second straight NFL champion to celebrate on their home turf at SoFi Stadium. This is the Rams' second Super Bowl title, the L.A., the first title in L.A. since 1983. It was the Raiders who won that one. And the Bengals now 0-3 in Super Bowls. They remain one of 12 teams without a ring. Chris, you hosted the Super Bowl party, first of all. You were the host with the most last night. You, Kevin Rafuse, myself, and a few others hung out and watched the game. There was a moment late in this game where I turned to you and Kevin and I said, are the Bengals going to win the Super Bowl? It felt real until about 86 seconds to go when Matt Stafford hit Cooper Cup with the go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, and it was like a question that we kept asking and reminding ourselves all day. First, during the day, it was, man, the Bengals are actually playing in the Super Bowl later today. And at halftime, it was like, man, the Bengals are kind of in this game, in the Super Bowl. They came out and got the lead. It was like, oh, the Bengals are leading in the Super Bowl. And then, yeah, it was, the Bengals might win the Super Bowl. And, I mean, Matt Stafford, that last drive, and credit to him and Joe Burrow for both coming back and playing after those injuries. I mean, Joe Burrow might have been on an ACL. Who knows? We'll see with him. And, I mean, Matt Stafford, as a guy who's always gotten back up, continued to do it again in perfect Matt Stafford form and deliver an incredible last drive. And, I mean, that pass to Cooper Cup where he no-looked, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Stafford was very good all game long. You look at the two interceptions. One of them definitely was not his fault and right through the receiver's hands. And the game, close on the scoreboard and close on the stat sheet, both teams had 13 drives and finished with nearly the exact same number of plays. The Rams ran 66, the Bengals ran 61, and the Rams had 313 yards, the Bengals had 305 yards. The big difference in this one was the sack total. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times in that game. Did you see the statistic of how many times he was sacked in the second half, uh, CC? Um, six I times. Mean, a lot. <laughs> six times on 21 dropbacks. Yeah, it, I mean, we said it was going to be the problem and the, the weak point for this Bengals team going in, and it, it was big time. Two. Cooper Cup concluded his historic season with a tour de force. The L.A. Rams wide receiver named the Super Bowl MVP uh, after eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns, including the go-ahead touchdown catch with a minute 25 to go. He set the record for the most receptions in a single postseason, 33 catches in the Rams, four games en route to the Super Bowl title. And how about the season he had? Cooper Cup, who was a zero-star recruit. He did not have college offers. He won the Triple Crown 
in the NFL this year. Yards, touchdowns, and receptions. Was the Offensive Player of the Year and the Super Bowl MVP this season. Did we just watch the most special year from a wide receiver ever? I mean, I I wasn't, you know, I know. alive I didn't for watch Jerry, Jerry Rice, Rice but, I know. Um, you know, I think comparison-wise, you'd have to look at that Randy Moss and Tom Brady season as in our lifetime is the most impressive, you know, wide receiver season. But, I mean, my gosh, he was just electric all season long. But then being able to deliver in the way that he did in the playoffs, I, I don't know how you could argue against it. Yeah, uh, Cooper, Cooper Cup in the postseason was just stupid good. And and in the final three games, when you think about the fact, Chris, that the Buccaneers knew down, you know, down a few points, was it down two points? The Buccaneers knew they're going to force feed it to Cooper Cup. Didn't matter. The 49ers knew down a few points, the Rams were going to what? Force it to Cooper Cup. It didn't matter. And on that final drive, you mentioned it when it came to Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup didn't only have the go-ahead touchdown catch, and I think he had four catches or five catches on the drive. He had the clutch first down run on the jet sweep, too. He was unstoppable, yeah. and I love the fact that the Rams realized, okay, this is going to be about our dudes versus your dudes, and we're not going to screw around trying to give the ball to Van Jefferson. We're not going to try to hand it off to Sony Michelle. Cooper Cup has done it for us all year long, and that was the hot hand that Sean McVay and Matt Stafford rode, and Cooper Cup deserving of the Super Bowl MVP. We'll talk about whether or not uh, he should have been the guy to win it, though. Three. The L.A. Rams, of course, Super Bowl champions. Um, Sean McVay's team wins the title on Sunday night. But, of course, now we are already looking forward to next season. I feel like this is way too early. But you look at the 2023 Super Bowl. This would be Super Bowl 57. Uh, it is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs that are favored to win the Super Bowl at this time next year. They opened as favorites, followed by the Buffalo Bills, the L.A. Rams, the Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco 49ers, Green Bay Packers, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers far down there without Tom Brady, Tennessee Titans, and Baltimore Ravens. Ha having the Chiefs and the Bills ahead of the Rams and the Bengals a little disrespectful this far out, CC, after a Super Bowl title yesterday for the Rams? Uh, weren't the Chiefs the favorite after the Bucks won last year, too? I believe they were, yes. I think they were. It's kind of how we see every year, right? It's rare. I mean, you know, sometimes it just is the popularity thing, I think, at times as well, like a trendy pick in that sort of instance. I, I, I don't really have any qualms only because it's so early out. And, you know, the Rams do have a lot of questions as to who's going to come back, who's going to be available. If Aaron Donald retires, I mean, that's a that's a big piece missing is he was huge in that game. And one of the reasons they ended up winning. So, um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I think it'll fluctuate between now and then as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't mind seeing the Chiefs and Bills as your two favorites. They were the two strongest teams this season from start, you know, really from start to finish. I know the Chiefs had some of those offensive struggles. They still won some close games this year. Uh, and you see who they're going to return. I think the bet is there that, of course, Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to figure it out. The Bills, the fact is, is that those two teams ran into each other and the Bills had they beaten Kansas City, maybe they would have beaten Cincinnati. It's a completely different situation. Uh, the The interesting thing is you start looking at the teams that are on this list. I mean, the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl last year. They're third in the odds going into next season. It very well, it is a very real possibility for the Bengals and Joe Burrow, though I think they'll have some success in that division with, you know, Lamar Jackson dealing with injuries, with Ben Roethlisberger going to retirement. The Cleveland Browns are trying to figure out the Baker Mayfield thing. Um, it very well could be that the Bengals, that this is a situation where they go a while here without sniffing the Super Bowl again. The AFC is so deep at quarterback and so deep with young talent that I think it's going to be difficult for you to see one team make, you know, multiple runs. I, I know we saw the, the Chiefs do it in back-to-back -back years, and they played in four AFC championship games. But now you've got Burrow in there. You've got, you know, Lamar Jackson. You've got uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there's a group of about four, five, six guys in the AFC that it's going to be tough to make it through. Four. NFL.com reporting on Sunday before the Super Bowl that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leaving the door open for Tom Brady in case the legendary quarterback changes his mind in retirement. Uh, and according to those report, they reports they are willing to do whatever they can, whatever is necessary for him to return. A possibility that Brady himself isn't completely ruling out, of course, um, on his Let's Go podcast radio show last week. He said you could never rule anything out. Um, along with this NFL.com report, they note that should Brady remain retired, the Bucks will shift their focus to 
Deshaun Watson. They're going to do their homework on him and explore a potential trade for Russell Wilson. Is it a little too soon already for the headlines to be coming about out about Brady reconsidering retirement? It's been two weeks. No, this is this is what Brady does. This is what he loves to do when he's out of the media circle, right? Like it was every year at the end of the Super Bowl, if his team wasn't in it, there was always something he did. Uh, remember, he had the commercial one year well, that was like was maybe teasing his retirement or where he was going to go and everything. And it was yeah, and so like it's it's just he always does this. This is camp. I don't know who leaked this. Maybe it was his camp, somebody's camp, Tampa Bay. It always seems that Tom Brady, if he's not in the Super Bowl, a story about him and what he's going to or not going to do pops up after the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right about that. He likes to keep his name in the headlines. He loves to manipulate the media. He's good at this. LeBron James is good as this is good at this as well. But I also think that there is a little bit of truth to this. I, I don't know whether or not Tom Brady is going to stay retired for long. I, I do think that if you're the Buccaneers, you let Tom Brady know that if there is any thought in the back of his mind about coming back, Leave the door open. Don't just leave it unlocked. Just leave the door open, wide open. Take the door off the hinges so that Tom Brady doesn't get confused that that door is indeed open. Allow him to walk through it, even if it is. Hey, hey I, no, no practices, Tom. No pads all year long. Just You can just come. You can play on game day, Sunday only. Because I would rather have Tom Brady at 45 than Deshaun Watson and all of the mess that he's dealing with right now. I'd rather have Tom Brady than Russell Wilson right now who couldn't elevate the Seahawks. Now, he did deal with an injury, but I, I think for the Buccaneers, you got to put as many eggs in the Tom Brady basket as possible if you want to compete for the Super Bowl again next year. Five. Uh, according to uh, NFL.com, the league is investigating the Miami Dolphins after former coach Brian Flores alleged in a recent lawsuit that the team owner, Stephen Ross, offered him money to lose games. According to this report, Stephen Ross is nervous about where this investigation could do. It is clear that... The league takes the possibility of tanking extremely seriously, and they are seeing this to a threat to the game with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell saying last Wednesday during his pre-Super Bowl 56 news conference that if there were violations, they won't be tolerated. If the league investigation finds that Ross indeed did offer Flores $100,000 for each loss during the 2019 season, the discipline could be severe, and they could force him indeed to sell the team. This, this is... This is getting serious if you're Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, CeCe. Yeah, and, and what's going to get him is the the fact that he uh, has ties to gambling, right? Like what's gonna, what could end up really doing him in in a big, big way is the fact that he was offering a coach to tank mm -hmm. while also being tied to gambling, and in which is what the NFL is going to be very, very careful about because of the way that gambling is being introduced into the sport more and more each and every year. So I think that's ultimately what's going to end up kind of costing uh, him, the, the team, ultimately, when all is said and done. I do think that in the end, the Dolphins are going to have to be finding themselves a new owner. Yeah, it's more than just losing the team at that point. I mean, you're breaking federal law at that point. Stephen Ross may end up getting indicted. Um, right. Now, the fellow owners could indeed force the team from Stephen Ross. It would require a three-fourths vote by the owners. And I don't think the league is going to screw around with this. I think they are going to take this seriously, and it would allow the opportunity for the league to start to turn over a little bit of ownership. We're seeing rumors as well about uh, the Washington football team owner, Dan Snyder, who may be forced to sell the team as well. I think the league is looking to turn over some of these teams that have owners that uh, really are not living up to what they want in terms of the way they're running their football teams. Six. Everyone loves watching the Super Bowl for the football and the commercials, of course, and the numbers are out. Advertisers shelled out up to $7 million for 30-second ads during the Super Bowl, and they use their time to try to entertain with humor, star power, and nostalgia. Chris, we talked about this last night. I didn't. I don't really know whether or not I've seen as many celebrities in commercials as we did this year. We had. Now you haven't seen the Cable Guy, but we had Jim Carrey um, recreate the the movie The Cable Guy. Verizon did that. You had Scrubs with Zach Braff and. Donald Faison, um, our, you know, uh, Anna Kendrick did the the Barbie commercial for Rocket Mortgage. Did you have a favorite uh, Super Bowl ad from last night? I still think the uh, QR code one with the DVD bouncing square was the best. Oh, you thought that was the best one? It was just too perfect. Yeah, wow. it was so good. That was, was a so polarizing perfect. one. It was probably like the loudest we cheered all night when it hit the corner. 
That was the that was a very polarizing one. A lot of people on social media were not a fan of the uh, the QR code, though I will say it was affected because I effective because I immediately scanned it and we figured out that it was a uh, a Bitcoin ad. That was what right? It was Bitcoin? I think it was. I think that sounds right. Yeah, it was definitely a Bitcoin. Something. Crypto yeah. something. That is the Yingling Six Pack, our six pack of trending stories here on live, local and loud. It's brought to you by our friends at Yingling, America's oldest brewery. Since 1829. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Reynolds with Nikki Football. We'll get to our open mic question tonight coming up. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. Tackling the day's biggest stories with some laughs along the way. It's live, local, and loud. Now back to Nick and Jerry. And hey, thanks for hanging out with us. A Monday night edition, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO 107.3 FM at AM 580 Orlando's News and Talk. He is Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Rundle with Snakey Football. Jerry Daniels out tonight. He will be back tomorrow. You can, of course, get in touch at 844-580-9326. Also, in that open mic in the WDBO app. I, I saw this statistic, Chris, the end of the NFL season. So, of course, Rams beat the Bengals last night in uh, uh, Super Bowl 56, 23-20. to 20. The final run of the postseason for the NFL, no game was decided by less than, was it five, less than four points? I, I mean, go back through the last few weeks, and I'll, I'll pull up the actual statistic here, but... You go through the way that the NFL season finished. We may have seen the closest, most competitive finish to an NFL season. Here we go. The last seven games of the year, in order, finished with a point differential of three, 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 six, three, three, and three. All field goals, many of them in walk-offs and final possessions, even that six-point one, I think, was probably the walk-off touchdown, right, for uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was an insane, exciting finish. And even though last night's game, there were kind of moments in the third quarter where we were looking around like, hey, what's going to happen here? The game was good. It was it was a competitive game all night long. Well, it was like it had you on edge, right? Like, mm-hmm. while things weren't happening, it, it still felt like something was happening in any moment. You know, like anything could turn this game around or flip the momentum. Um, you know, it wasn't like that, you know, 13-10 to 10 Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah, that that – and and that was that was what I was thinking too. Was you, you go back to that that Rams New England game, and there were stretches throughout that game where I could have turned it off. Last night's game, you're right; it had all of the anticipation. For a lot of the first half, you were looking forward to the halftime show, and then in the second half, you know, I I do think from the Rams' perspective, you look at the finish there, twenty three twenty, and you think. How big of a deal do you think was the Odell Beckham Jr. injury? Because it feels like that really threw the entire game off for the Rams last night. I felt the Rams were very much so in danger of blowing that thing wide open until he got hurt. Me too. I There was a moment where I was kind of thinking, is this game going to get ugly? Is this going to be like 37-17? And then Odell went down. He uh, Yeah, he looked great. He looked so good. Had the Super Bowl, he had a Super Bowl touchdown, of course. He did, and and it is it is an ACL, right? We found that out? Yes. That yep. stinks. Yeah. That does that. That's things, and we'll get into that. There was, there were a lot of very strange storylines in last night's game. You have the Odell injury right before the game gets started. There's a Sean McVay retirement story. There's an Aaron Dow Rodney Harrison reported in the NBC pregame show that there's a strong possibility that Aaron Rodgers or that Aaron Donald retires just, too. Yeah, they just snuck that right in there. It was like, oh yeah, <laughs> he might, he might just shut it down. I, I'm not quite sure how much of that is actual fact and how much of it is fiction as they get closer and closer to contract negotiations with Stan Kroenke. But uh, la- last night's game, as you said, Chris, it kept you on the edge of your seat the entire night, and it was a fun one. Uh, and, of course, the L.A. Rams win the first championship in L.A. Uh, since the 1980s. We'll get into some of the winners and losers from the game coming up next. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. This is WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580, Orlando's News and Talk. Catching you up on what you missed during a long day at work. It's live, local, and loud. Here's Nick and Jerry. So with the big winners and losers from Super Bowl 56 last night, we'll get into that coming up. Welcome back, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO, 107.3 FM. 
At AM 580 Orlando's News and Talk, he is Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nikki Football. You can get in touch at 844-580-9326. That's 844-580-9326. Also, in the open mic in the WDBO app, just download the app, click on the open mic, and we will play those throughout the show. Rams beat the Bengals 23-20 last night. They win the first Super Bowl in L.A. since 1983. That was the Raiders who won that one. I I kept reading second Super Bowl in franchise history, and it never even occurred to me that that last one was actually in St. Louis, Chris. like I, It had to. Talk about winners and losers. If you are a St. Louis Rams football fan or you are a St. Louis football fan, it had to really suck watching last night's game. Like that, not not only not only watching the Rams win, but watching Stan Kroenke, who defrauded the city, had to pay out a huge settlement to the city, holding the Lombardi Trophy and basically just shrugging his shoulders at everything he did just to get the team to to LA. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, having him up there on stage talking afterwards, like it's just ah, oh, God, I'm sure everyone in St. Louis did not really enjoy that. Like you got to. I imagine that there was a lot of them rooting for the Rams still, but seeing him up there and accepting it at the like it's got to be bittersweet at that moment. It was cringeworthy. It was. It was completely cringeworthy to watch Stan Kroenke accept the Lombardi Trophy after everything. And and by the way, he's a real winner from last night because Stan Kroenke decided to force the team out of St. Louis to get them to you know one of the largest markets that the NFL had basically abandoned. They built this $5 billion monster. How beautiful is that stadium? I want to go to that stadium, SoFi. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it, it looks incredible. Um, one of my friends actually went and said that it kind of looks like an Apple store with a football field inside the middle of it. He was like, the, the, the walk around everywhere you walk in the stadium. It's, it's like an Apple store. Can you uh, can you share the story what your friend did? You're, so you, you had a friend. Not sure what so you were he, able to share he, or not, but you had a friend yeah, that he, went to the Super Bowl yesterday and, and somehow found a way into the 100 section. Yeah, he had tickets in the 500s, and he just went into the arena really early because he wanted to check it out too. Because it's it, we just it's said it's very store. cool, yeah, very very cool looking arena. And so he uh, went in and went down and just was like wandering around the 100s and stuff, and then realized that you know maybe there were open seats that were unsold there. So he had a friend who was also sitting in the 100 section send him a screenshot of his ticket. Um, that way, if anyone was like, can I see your ticket? He had it on his phone there, just a screenshot of one that, you know, his friend had. So he, uh, he pulled up StubHub throughout the, uh, time he was, you know, wandering around in the section and was finding seats that hadn't been sold or looked like they hadn't been sold and just kind of finally slowly moved his way back from like row six to eventually 16, uh, cause people would buy the seats and he'd have to, you know, get out cause they'd probably be coming in and then eventually, uh, yeah, the game started. He was in seats that no one had purchased one seat. He was just by himself and, ended up sitting next to two other uh, random people, both of whom did the same exact thing as he did. I would have never <laughs> thought to do that, by the way. Neither would I. That and was it's genius. incredible. Yes, extremely genius to go online to SeatGeek or wherever they're selling the tickets, uh, NFL.com or whatever, and look for empty seats. Obviously, they aren't sold. Therefore, they will most likely be empty. Did did he give you the dollar figure of what the seats were going for that he sat Oh, like, like $10,000 oh, seats, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Which, I mean, makes sense why they went unsold. <laughs> yeah, but, like, what a genius move. What an yeah. absolute genius move by him. That's that's awesome. He's a real winner last night, too. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the, he was the Bengals fan, so they lost. Uh, but, I mean, I, I was I was very impressed. I thought it was a very, very savvy move. So we, we were talking about this a little bit last night. We'll get to winners and losers from the game. But I, I wanted to bring this forward into tonight's conversation, too. Because, I like, we had a great time last night. You hosted the Super Bowl party. Um, I wouldn't call it a party. It was a gathering of people. Um, I say that for coworkers that may be listening that did not come. But, I mean, you, me, Kevin, Ray, a few other people, we hung out. We watched the game a little bit. And I openly asked during, like, an idiot, because it's just a stream of consciousness while I'm watching games with people, um, would you want to go to this game? Like, would you want to go to the Super Bowl and deal with everything that comes along with it? The crowds the pricing, the parking, like Jerry and I talked about how expensive it was just to sit in the parking lot basically and and watch the game on a screen um, adjacent to the stadium. Like, would you want to go to the game? And everybody at the party basically shouted me down before I even threw the question out there because it was a universal yes. You would go to the Super Bowl. even If, if, it's, if, if my team was in it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if your team wasn't in it, you wouldn't go? Um, no, I would. I mean, like if someone gave me free tickets right, to the right, Super Bowl, right, right. yes, I would. But like the only way that I think I would be going is if my team was in it and I'd have to buy my own tickets. Okay. I, I, 
and I'm the guy that I, I went to Chicago for the World Series and didn't even go into the stadium. So I, I'm, I'm just a terrible hypocrite, I guess. But I don't know. And you were, you were close though too. Like yes. you were looking for scalpers, but I mean the price point was way too high, and like that's going to factor into my decision, obviously. But I would love to try. That's the thing is I wouldn't spend when I, when I was in Chicago in 2016 for the World Series. It was like seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars for standing room only at Wrigley Field, which means you're standing in the men's room, basically. That's if you ever buy standing room only tickets to a game that's sold out at Wrigley Field, that's what you end up with. So I just wouldn't do it. Plus, you never know if the tickets are real, too. You never do. Like there, there are scammers out there everywhere, and I just I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't. I, I still think about it sometimes though. But um it is just in the pomp and circumstance of the Super Bowl, and that stadium looked unbelievable last night. Uh, it's going on my bucket list to make it to SoFi Stadium uh, at least once. But I think you look at last night's game, Chris, I think both quarterbacks were winners. I mean, I understand that Joe Burrow lost the game, but in terms of what we're doing here, winners and losers from last night, Matt Stafford obviously gets a win that gets him into a completely different conversation when it comes to quarterbacks. He wins the Super Bowl, which means... I think he'll freely walk into the Hall of Fame. 12 years in Detroit, first year out, he wins the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow showed, I think, what he is. And that is a gamer. He's tough. He played on one leg for at least, you know, two-thirds of the fourth quarter. I thought both those guys came off looking pretty good, especially since Burrow got hit six times on 21 dropbacks in the second half. Yeah, he he, he played really well and really gutsy performance from him. Um, that Bengals team, I think, played above their you know weight class all season long. And part of me was worried they were going to get blown out. And maybe if Odell had stayed healthy, that would have happened. But I was glad that they were able to put up a fight, get a lead in that game. It was a really fun game. It was a very fun game. I, I was very satisfied with how everything went in the end, just as far as like from a fan perspective, trying to watch a good football game. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that, you know, for Burrow, uh, Burrow – made the point after the game, hey, we're going to be back. I, it, you, it's hard to assume that. I don't want to be the guy that throws water on that, obviously. And um, if, if you had to bet, we always bet that a guy like that is going to make it back. But we all remember that, uh, you know, Dan Marino never made it back again. His second year, he made it. And by the way, he was younger than Joe Burrow was when Dan Marino made it to the Super Bowl. Hmm. So I don't think that it is just a, oh, yeah, Burrow is going to make it back. Because of how deep the AFC is, we talked about this a little bit earlier, because you never know when a guy is going to get injured. And we kind of, watching what Brady and Belichick did year after year after year, I think has spoiled us into thinking, um, or tricked us into thinking that teams that have guys like that, they make it every year. Look at Mahomes. We we, we did this last year with Mahomes, two years ago, that he's going to win three out of the next four. Didn't make it to the Super Bowl this year. But I thought that Burrow came away from this playoff run in this game last night uh, looking like what he is, and that is one of the very, very good young quarterbacks in the league. Uh, we talked about a loser, City of St. Louis. Uh, another another loser as well, CeCe. Um, what happened? Like, Eli Apple just, he is kind of the guy that everybody is blaming the loss on. Uh, Cooper Cup just took him to the woodshed the entire night, including the game-winning touchdown. What's up with the Eli Apple slander? Is it just that he's bad at his job or what? Because everyone seems to love to hate on him. Well, part of it was last week when he, uh, or two weeks ago, I guess, when he chirped at Tyreek Hill after they won, you know, mm-hmm. and, and everyone was kind of like, all right, well, that was the AFC championship game. You still got one more game to go. You better hope you don't get, you know, torched on the first touchdown of the game or the game winning touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which and, he did. And, and he did. He, he got absolutely touched, uh, torched by, by Cooper Cup. And I think for Cincinnati as well, what, what you saw, it's, I, I heard somebody make this point today. Um, you probably don't make it to the Super Bowl without Jamar Chase, but then again, you took Jamar Chase instead of an offensive lineman. And I guess it's hard to separate those two. But um, not being was, able to protect Jamar, I think Joe Jamar Burrow. Chase was worth it. I think Jamar Chase was worth it. I, I guess that's where I'm getting with that question. Was it worth it? You made it to the Super Bowl. He was the offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, of course, in the NFL. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you saw Cincinnati use you know, their first three picks in the draft and then go into free agency if their cheap owner will actually spend any money and just build that offensive line. Because if they get, if they do that, this team is going to be a team to be reckoned with. I would, I would use every pick on an offensive line. Just everyone. Yeah. Every last one. So the, the, what, what would they be them? But the 31st pick, because that, that's how the NFL does it, right? They made it to the Super Bowl. Therefore, therefore they're going to pick 31st. It's not their regular mm-hmm. season record, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So their 31st pick and everything from there on an offensive line. I, you got to protect Burrow. 
You do. Uh, he has completely transformed that franchise. Um, and by the way, another winner that I had from last night's game, Millennials, man. Was last night's entire Super Bowl just keyed? I, I feel as if Millennials, the generation, finally made it into the key demo. I understand the age range Millennial was already into the key demo. Last night's game from the Super Bowl commercials, the halftime show, everything. Have we turned into the old people, CC, that the NFL is now marketing to? That's the millennials have finally hit that point. Uh, it really did feel like that, right? Like it, that that entire night going to, you know, having the halftime show, all of those throwback commercials with those, you know, the the nostalgia with, you know, Sopranos and uh, yeah. Scrubs and, and, and Austin Powers. Like it was it was very much a millennial themed night. It was. It absolutely, I, I even forgot about the Austin Powers one, too. That's right. You had Dr. Evil, Seth Green. A lot of celebrities just got one of them big, you know, big cameo checks. That's what it was. It was a cameo Super Bowl of people just showing up, doing ad after ad after ad. And you had, as as you mentioned, I mean, the guys from Scrubs and, and Jim Carrey and everyone just going back, doing, uh, re, uh, reprising um, roles from our childhood. Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger had an ad last night. Um so, yeah, I think Millennials finally made it into the key demo. And I, I should probably mention Sean McVay as well, the, uh, the L.A. Rams head coach. 36 years old. He's four years older than me. He now has made it two Super Bowls. He's won one. The youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl. He beat Mike Tomlin by 10 months to become the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl. And I kind of, Chris, that, that game was one where if the Rams found a way to lose it, there would have been a little bit of something around. McVay is a genius, I think, but there would have been a little bit of stank that came from that that stuck to McVay. Yeah, and I think it's undeserved, too, too, because he's so young. And like now that he's won a Super Bowl, the talk is that it's the greatest start to a coaching career we've ever seen. And it's like, well, I mean, if, if he lost that game, you guys were ready to hang him out to dry. And, and now it's the greatest coach that's ever started his, like his career. And that, you know, I don't know. It, it's, just, it's just weird the way that we, you know, teeter on this level of just back and forth when we can't just be accepting of a really good coach who just didn't happen to win the one game that is the hardest of all of them to win because he had been there twice. Yeah. I mean, we, we did it with Mahomes, didn't we? They, they, they blow the 21-3 lead, and all of a sudden it's, well, Jimmy Garoppolo makes that one pass. Well, he, he didn't. Um, he didn't. You, you don't – it might not be – you know, it might not be something that that uh, you know is 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 fun to discuss, but you don't you don't win them all. You, you just don't. And I think for McVeigh, what would have stuck to him if they would have lost last night's game is that really this was the one where he went in with the better team all the right. way around. That Rams team, in. that Rams team was overmatched when it came to just Super Bowl experience. The Cincinnati Bengals had one player that had played in the Super Bowl last night. The Rams had ten. Uh, they had the better quarterback in terms of. You know, he's played 13 years in the league. Matt Stafford is extremely talented. They had the best wide receiver in that. If you went position by position, if you just looked at the talent, the stars, if McVay lost that game, I would have been totally fine criticizing him. Would I have jumped into thinking that he wasn't a good coach? No. But that was the kind of game last night that you probably would have looked at and said, hey, I, there are ones that you should, there are ones that you lose that you probably should have won. And, I, it was an entertaining game. I, the Rams were the better team last night. And as you mentioned, I mean, Odell gets hurt. It completely changes the entire field. But I think McVay winning that game, getting that monkey off his back, and obviously you're just looked at completely different. Look at Stafford. Look at McVay. I mean, the guys that win a Super Bowl like that, it does change the way that we look at you in terms of your career. So I, I thought that was that was a paramount one for him. That was a big one to get, and obviously – where they are positioned, if they keep Stafford, if Aaron Donald comes back, once again, you don't win them all, but you can see the Rams in an NFC where Aaron Rodgers might be on Denver at this point in time next week that has them, the 49ers, Tom Brady walked out the door. The NFC is going to look very different next year. All right, he's Chris Crawford. I'm Nikki Football. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. Now, now, now the three big things you need to know. Three. A Navy civilian engineer pleads guilty to attempting to sell nuclear submarine secrets to someone he thought was a representative of a foreign country. Turned out to be an FBI agent working a sting operation. That suspect is now facing life 
in federal prison. Two. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell blasts Democratic governors from the Senate floor today for lifting their state's COVID-19 mask mandates, saying the only science that's changed in the last two weeks is the political science, says Mitch. The only data that's changed in the last two weeks is the Democrats' polling data. One. Damaging winds, hail, and a few tornadoes possible midweek from Dallas to Birmingham, Alabama to the north. An icy mix of sleet and freezing rain expected from Oklahoma to Indiana as well. What about our weather? Meh, we might see a passing shower or two. WDBO has your chance to kick off 2022 Speed Weeks. Presented by Advent Health, February 15th to the 20th at the World Center of Racing. There's a lot of action going on out there. Just tap the Daytona 500 button in the WDBO app for your chance to win tickets. To purchase tickets, call 1-800-PITCH-SHOT. The Daytona 500. Be a part of the action-packed schedule with WDBO. Why do people hire a financial advisor? Frankly, it's because they want to be sure that they'll be okay. An advisor's ultimate value is to help you achieve your financial goals while relieving stress, particularly in times like this. For more than 40 years, certified financial planner professionals at Certified Financial Group have been serving Central Florida families as fiduciaries when providing financial planning and investment advice for a fee. We've seen it all. Black Monday, the dot-com bust, 9-11, the Great Recession, and now COVID-19. And through it all, our clients have looked to us to be the steady hand in stormy weather. Remember, anyone can say that they are a fiduciary, but only certified financial planners are legally obligated to act in your best interests, and we have 14 of them under one roof. In fact, we put our fiduciary obligation in writing. So if your financial planner is not certified, or perhaps you feel your current relationship is lacking, give us a call, 407-869-9800, or on the web at financialgroup.com. That's financialgroup.com. We're the Certified Financial Group, and we're planning tomorrow, today. Management for a fee through Certified Advisory Corp., a registered investment advisor. Hi, I'm Emmett Smith, Pro Football Hall of Famer and three-time champion. Pro Football's all-time leading rusher, Emmett Smith, talks about joint pain. Trust me, I know about joint pain. Sure, I made it look easy, but if my body could speak, it would say, I'm in pain. Are you living with chronic joint pain? Knees, hips, lower back, shoulders? Don't just assume the old treatments are the only treatments. I've gone under the knife to get rid of pain, but now there are options, and you need to check them out. Emmett's talking about QC Kinetics, exciting new natural biologic therapies that can repair and restore damaged tissue in your joints. New options now available here. You can encourage your body to actually heal itself with the help of QC Kinetics. Real relief with no surgery, no drugs, no downtime. Call the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics for regenerative, restorative treatments with lasting relief. But now, you and I, we have help. QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics, 689-244-7980. That's 689-244-7980. QC Kinetics, 244-7980. Daytona's always been huge. So huge, in fact, that it can't be confined to one weekend. No, no. It deserves a whole week. A speed week. With five days of NASCAR-level racing. History in the making and entertainment that's the envy of the nation. Daytona Speed Weeks, presented by Advent Health. February 16th through the 20th. Get your tickets today at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. If you've ever ordered food for work, you understand it's different. There's just so much more at stake. Whether it's a meeting, a client call, or lunch with the office that has to arrive at the actual lunchtime, food for work has to work. That's why there's Easy Gator, food that's on time and as ordered from over 82,000 restaurants. And if there's a problem, rare, you can reach someone in seconds. Thank you for calling Easy Cater. Some food just doesn't work at work, but Easy Cater just does. 
Order 24-7 at easycater.com. The secret to staying on track with your goals? HelloFresh. Their delicious recipes and doorstep delivery take the hassle out of mealtime. And their fit and wholesome plan makes eating well easier than ever. With HelloFresh, you can take your pick from 50 menu and market items each week and even customize your box by swapping in proteins and sides that work for you. Right now, get an exclusive offer during HelloFresh's President's Day sale. Get 16 free meals plus 3 free gifts with code RADIO16 at HelloFresh.com slash RADIO16. This is WDBO 1073 FM and AM 580, Orlando's News and Talk. It's live, local, and loud. Now, back to Nick and Jerry. And thanks for hanging out with us. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Gretel with Snakey Football. Jerry Daniels off tonight. He will be back tomorrow. We appreciate you making our Monday part of your Monday right here on WDBO. 107.3 FM, AM 580, 96.5 FM HD 2, of course. You can check us out on your smart speakers, your Alexa, your Google Home. Just say play WDBO. And in the WDBO app, just click that listen live button. You'll find us 7 to 9 p.m. every single weeknight right here on WDBO. I, I guess I should say happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. I, did you celebrate Valentine's Day over the weekend, Cece? Did you and you and your fiancé do anything? We did not, know. no. We just kind of took it easy this year. The NFL put everybody in a really bad spot this year. They put the Super Bowl on the Sunday before Valentine's Day, and you were expected to kind of juggle your Super Bowl plans with whatever Valentine's Day plans, like I, I have a few friends that are going out tonight, but I mean, a Monday night Valentine's Day, a lot of people, my wife and I, we celebrated it on Saturday. We went up to Sanford. Have you ever been to the Jailhouse restaurant up in Sanford? Um, no, I've not. Could not recommend it more. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we went out. It, it was very good. Um, the, the food was good. The uh, drinks were good there. The the service was outstanding. It's an it's a restaurant, obviously, but it was an old jail, the old Sanford Jail, from what I understand, um, that they renovated into a restaurant. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but we we celebrated on Saturday. But I I went to the gym this morning and then went over to Publix to buy some flowers for my wife, and I really enjoyed sitting there just watching nervous guy after nervous guy who probably did not celebrate. Valentine's Day over the weekend, walk into Publix and walk out with three bouquets of flower and uh, of flowers and uh, and I don't know a uh, a balloon or two or something like that. So I think I think the NFL put everybody in a really bad spot. Yeah, it it, it kind of sort of, I think it made everyone just kind of distracted, right? Yeah. Like it, there was so much focus on preparing for the game that it just kind of fell on the back burner. It did. It definitely did. Now. If the NFL does push the season back any further, Chris, you you talked about this, I think, last week. Put the Super Bowl on President's Day weekend. We had a couple of listeners say that last week, too. Uh, if you push this thing back one more week, next President's, President's Day is next week. Um, it could very well be that some people have the Monday after the Super Bowl off, which would be very nice for some people. So you can get in touch, 844-580-9326. Also, in the open mic in the WDBO app, we'll get to hour number two. We'll talk about that halftime show coming up. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. Loud. Who are these knuckleheads? Passion. We have no clear star. We can lose anybody and still be as good. Energy. You are obsessed with his mother. I'm a little uncomfortable with how obsessed with his mother you are. And a whole lot of laughs. Oh, crap, all of you. It's live, local, and loud. We have a show on a Marconi award-winning station. This is like playing for the Yankees. Here's Nick Grinowitz and Jerry Daniels. All right, hour number two on a Monday night edition, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO, 107.3 FM. At AM 580 Orlando's News and Talk, he is Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nikki Football. Thanks so much for making our Monday part of your Monday, no matter how you may be listening, whether it be on 107.3 FM on AM 580, 96.5 FM HD 2. Of course, you can check us out on your smart speakers, your Alexa, your Google Home. Just say play WDBO and in that WDBO app, click the Listen Live button. There you will find us every single weeknight, 7 to 9 p.m. And don't forget, wake up with Scott Inez and Orlando's morning news tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, Scotty, Chris Crawford, uh, Ed Torrance, Marsha Taylor, Laura Lee, the entire crew will have you uh, all prepared and informed on your drive to work or during your morning routine. Uh, be- before we get to the halftime show, Chris, I, I wanted to point out that there were some 
weird, eerie storylines last night going on either during the game or after the game. And I, I have to at least address, what do you think was going on with the Sean McVay and not just Sean McVay, the 36-year-old head coach who's only been a coach since 2017, uh, a head coach, that is, and Aaron Donald, who's been in the league for eight years. Both of those guys had stories that if they won the Super Bowl, they would hang it up and retire potentially after the game. It That feels like too much of a coincidence to me to something that's kind of not either a message to ownership about contract extensions or something, but that was kind of weird, wasn't it? It was weird. It was very weird. And as we talked about, like he is very young and early on in his coaching career. So I can't see this. We're getting close to contract negotiation time. So I could definitely see this kind of being a, a negotiation tactic by his team. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, like when you've got what um, Tony Romo making eighteen million dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. that's more than a lot of the head coaches are making. It is. Uh, it, it is. Um, and that's. I, I think that's the thing is, we may be heading into an era. I mean, and and we we talked about this back. You remember when the San Francisco 49ers, the, the Kaepernick 49ers team, they they had a was it a linebacker. I think Chris Borland, Chris Boyland, or something. Yeah, he retired walked really away. Yeah, he retired early. He was actually from Florida. I think somewhere on the East Coast. And it was because of CTE concerns. And when that happened, everybody kind of threw their hands in the air and said, oh, we're going to see all these young guys retire because, you know, they're concerned about CTE. I I do think for some players, we may see some shorter careers, not because of injury concerns, though that's part of it. There's so much money in the game now. I mean, Aaron Donald has made millions and millions of dollars on endorsements, millions and millions of dollars on, of course, playing contracts, all of that. And for a guy like Sean McVay, you know, you watch Tony Dungy every Sunday on NBC. You watch, um, uh, who is it, Bill Cowher. I, I talked about Bill Cowher, of course, because uh, Sean Payton retired, too. Sean Payton's going to head to television, most likely. You get to go 1-0 and every single week, basically. So you're telling me I can make more money doing that. I don't have to prep and game plan. I can see some coaches at a younger age thinking, hey, I've got my Super Bowl. I don't need to grind away year in and year out, but... I have a hard time believing that both Aaron Donald and Sean McVay would walk away from the Rams. You want to defend your title, don't you? Um, I, th- I think you do. Yeah, I, I think that the Sean McVay one, I definitely see him coming back. It's just too early in, in young on in his career for him to make a move. Because coaching is different, too. Like, when you're in coaching, more often than not, you're in it for the long haul, unless you have a lot of early on success. And, like, I could see if McVay wins one or two more Super Bowls, then, yeah, I could see him being like, you know what, I think I'm good. I've had a good little run here. I do want to go get that TV money. Aaron Donald, on the other hand, I, I could see him hanging it up. I think a lot of players are kind of looking at what Cam Jordan is doing right now with the Saints, where he's kind of, and now Draymond Green in the NBA as well, where they've kind of turned out to be able to both do the media and still play. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be looking at that and saying, man, that's good money. And you're going to see a lot more players start to do that and eventually just drift all the way into just media full time. Yeah, yeah Cam, Cam Jordan was on the telecast last night, wasn't he? Yeah, he was before the game. Yeah, I, there were a... I, by the way, there were a ton of people that popped up on that NBC telecast last night. They were like, wait a minute, this this person's on NBC? I mean, you saw Maria Taylor last night. You saw Michael Smith last night. You saw Cam Jordan last night. There were a lot of people. Collinsworth's kid was on yeah. the telecast last night? I mean, yep. and, and and speaking of that, by the way, I, I do have to just mention <laughs> the, the, fact, the fact that Al Michaels, that that was likely it for Al Michaels, and NBC is going to replace him. And I know that you love Tarico, and it's not that I don't love Tarico. Michael still has the fastball. That's all I'm saying. I, I can't believe it. Hall of Fame broadcaster, one of the greatest to ever do it in the history of sports broadcasting. Um, I'm, I cannot believe that NBC is going to just let him walk right out the door like that. He's going to go to Amazon and call their Thursday night games or something. But I, you watched that game last night. Michael still has it, man. Yeah, he's great. I love him. I, I and he's got. I mean, the amount of money that he's going to be paid, I'm and he's stupid. not even going to be calling every single every week. I don't think. Like, it's incredible. It is. It's just. It's just stupid. The amount of money. And the NFL's just printing cash, man. They are. They're just. They're just. They're print. They're printing cash every yep. single week. Um, one more strange storyline. We'll get to the halftime show. Uh, former Florida Gator wide receiver. I guess Florida Gator product Van Jefferson. How do you like this for a for a Sunday Super Bowl championship? And then your, I believe it was their, uh, yeah, um, your second child was born. Van Jefferson, in the midst of the game, and we debated, we're gonna, we debated this with, with, with I, I don't know if my wife was there yet, but your fiance was there too. But Van Jefferson's wife went into labor in the final five minutes of the game, and the Rams were already down a wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. 
And you and I openly debated during, um, it was, yeah, they, they had a baby boy. Um, you and I openly debated, so do you tell Van Jefferson during the game? I don't know if they did or not, but he literally won the Super Bowl, ran out, went to the hospital in time, I guess, for the delivery of their uh, their newborn son. I Yeah, I don't tell him during the game. No. I, no. I don't know if my wife was there or not. Don't tell her my opinion on that. I don't want to have to. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart, but um, there I mean, is maybe, no way. Maybe if it's like, I, what, what about, what if they tell you before the game? No, no, no. If it's before the game, yeah, that's fine. You can let them know. You're in the middle of the game, and we're down a wide receiver. They couldn't lose. They needed Van. They needed the warm body. Well, once Odell went down. That, that's what I mean, because this was going on like second half. So Odell is hurt already. They they couldn't tell. I, I wouldn't have told them. I yeah. wouldn't. If that makes me a bad person, makes me a bad person. All right. Um, have you, have you seen anybody? So we finally got, we got the Super Bowl halftime show that everybody had been waiting for, of course, um, last night. And there, there are times where you just know that they understood what the assignment was and you give the people what they want. Uh, there's an old saying in the radio business, play the hits, right? Mm -hmm. Give people what they want. People know what they want. Give it to them. That's how you attract as big an audience as possible. I thought that the Super Bowl halftime show last night, and I by no means am a big hip-hop fan, right? I am not a big hip-hop rap fan. Um, Kevin Rayfuse, our buddy, is into it. I know that you, you know, you're, you're a big fan of the genre, too. Um, I thought that Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, a 10-song halftime show, they gave the people exactly what they wanted last night. I loved every minute of it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it wasn't, they, no one overthought it. it. It wasn't over, I mean, like, it wasn't overly flashy, you know, in terms of just the excitement level and, like, the production value on previous halftime shows we've seen have definitely been better. But this was easy. It was straightforward. They knew exactly what they needed to do. They knew exactly what the people wanted out of them. And they delivered. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I loved every minute of it. I just want to pat Eminem on the back because, and by the way, we had this surprise guest to 50 Cent. He showed up. 50 cent looks like he's upside up to down. upside down. He looks like he's up to about 75 to 80 cents, if not a dollar, like 50 50s <laughs> put on a couple LBs, hasn't he? He has. He definitely has. He's a little, he's definitely a little bigger. Was he a late addition? Like, did they not tell him that he was going to be on stage on the biggest performance of the year? And, and maybe, I don't know, like just working a little bit of cardio. No, I think that he knew. I, th I think he knew. Um, he was very much aware that this was going to happen. Um, I but Oh man, he had to he had to pay homage because that's what he did in the video for that. Yeah, he hung upside down, right? Yeah, he did that in the video. For that I love, song. I love that he did it. Um, I just, I, I, I just, you know, little cardio, mixing a little bit of treadmill. That's all. It's, Exercise. He definitely hasn't been hanging up upside down recently. That's for sure. No, not at all. I fifty maybe just the elliptical. It's good for you. You know, a lot of people though they put on that that quarantine weight does not come off easy. So I <laughs> we we saw him. I just want to pat Eminem on the back because he could have picked a lot of weird songs. He was the one I was the most nervous about. I said on Friday, it's the Super Bowl. One chance, one opportunity to win a championship. You play, lose yourself. Eminem played, lose yourself. One chance, one opportunity. That's it. One chance, one opportunity. Don't, don't, don't mess it up. He didn't mess it up. Um, I, was, I was extremely pleased with it. And I thought in terms of what the NFL has done in the past – this went about as well as it could go. I was talking to a couple of people earlier today, and they, they thought that it was a controversial halftime show. I didn't think it was. I thought it was good. I didn't think that there was really a lot there for you to come. I know Eminem took a knee. They told him, don't take a knee like Kaepernick. I barely noticed. I, I think that's overblown. I barely noticed during it. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, it was, it, I, didn't even, it, I didn't even care. Like I was just enjoying everything about it. I, it, was, it was, you know, whatever. Do whatever you want, and you have the moment. You have that opportunity. One shot, one opportunity, right? Go for it. That's um, it. But yeah, like you said, I was I was too enthralled. I was too enjoying everything else too much to even like. I mean, like I feel like Dr. Dre could have started doing backflips on the stage, and I would have even taken me like ten minutes to be like, "Is that Dr. Dre doing backflips?" Yeah, it was just well done. It, it was well done. It was kind of the opposite of what the NFL has done with the Super Bowl halftime show, which has been safe, kind of boring, two dimensional, uh, and as you said, not necessarily over the top. Like I expected it to be way over the top. They played the hits. They gave the people what they wanted. Watching, 
you know, um, you know, you're watching like Mary J. Blige and Kendrick, watching them sit on the couch while everyone else performed. Too. That was awesome. It was awesome. It was great. And I hope that the NFL does more of that. And I hope that the NFL, because you and I talked about this on the show in the past, like the Atlanta Super Bowl, they did Maroon 5. They messed that up. Right. I mean, they 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 messed that up big time. They have the Super Bowl in Vegas in a couple of in a couple of years. Do the same thing just with some Vegas acts. You know what I mean? Or do the same thing when, you know, when you go to my, I know there's one in New Orleans. You've got plenty of, you know, uh, Louisiana-based stars that you can do this around or, or, or something to that effect. Miami in a couple of years. Same sort of thing. I think the NFL could actually make this kind of a tradition where the artists that are based out of that city, you kind of bring them all together rather than having one single headliner like The Weeknd or Tom Petty. There's a lot in between on that, so I just I'll, I guess I'll do it with that. I think for the Vegas one as well, what could be really fun is if they literally got the Vegas acts, the ones that have shows in Vegas at that time, because cool. it's always very good people, right? And you always have really good um, people performing in Vegas. Like I think it'd be fun to have those all come together because they're always a wide genre and all over the place. It could be really cool. Yeah, no, that's a good point. We're gonna need at least one Elvis impersonation for that one in uh, in a couple of years. All right, he's Chris Crawford. I'm Nikki Football. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. A good hang on your drive home. It's live, local, and loud. Now back to Nick and Jerry. And thanks for hanging out with us. A Monday night edition, live, local, and uh, loud right here on WDBO. 107.3 FM and AM 580 Orlando's News and uh, Talk. Appreciate Chris Crawford hanging out with us. Uh, He's dealing a little bit of technical issues, so Chris is going to call it a night, a segment early. Jerry Daniels will be back tomorrow. Uh, Of course, he's not normally on here on Monday nights, of course. Uh, We appreciate you hanging out. You can get in touch, 844-580-9326. That's 844-580-9326. Also, in the open mic in the WDBO app, just download the app, click on the open mic, and we will play those throughout the show. Yeah, Chris and I were talking about this in the last segment, the the retirement talk. So the big winners from from last night's game, of course, Matt Stafford's a giant winner because he toiled away 12 years in Detroit, Made the playoffs, didn't win a game, had bad bad management, bad defenses, bad coaching, and in the first year that he gets all of those things where they're at least average. And and in Los Angeles, they're all better than that, of course. What does he do? He goes right to the Super Bowl and wins it. And this is a year after Tom Brady did the exact same thing. We're not quite giving Matt Stafford the same kind of credit that we gave Tom Brady for completely changing things. Now, I get it. The Rams made it to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff a few years ago, but I, I still, I still would say what Stafford did, just as if not more impressive than what we saw from Tom Brady a few years ago. I'm sorry, last year. I would say 12 months ago. Coming from Detroit, still you're dealing with the pandemic, an extra game in the regular season as well in an NFC that's pretty stacked. I Stafford's the biggest winner from last night. Um, Cooper Cup, another huge winner from last night because he gets his name on the big stage. I, I do think that the year he had went under the radar. I mean, he was, the, of course, the offensive player of the year in the NFL, but it still went way under the radar in terms of getting that national conversation, that debate. So I, I, I would say those two guys are the biggest winners. And then in all of this, you have this retirement talk. I wouldn't I can't believe that Sean McVay would retire. That after winning the Super Bowl, five years in the league, you've made this five years as a head coach, you've made the playoffs the Super Bowl twice. Forty percent of the seasons that you've coached, you've made it to the Super Bowl. And you're gonna retire. I understand wanting to make a lot of money working for a television outlet, working for, you know, a, a network. I, I understand all of that. But from a competitor standpoint, I mean, what really drives these guys is wanting to be the best. And walking away like that, it has to be a contract thing. It has to be Sean McVay wanted to get as much money as Bill Belichick. And you look at what he did to the Rams. I I was reading Peter King in Football Morning in America today. I mean, the Rams had one of the worst offenses in the NFL. They'd finished last or close to it in the league both when they were in St. Louis and in L.A. They weren't winning a lot of games with Jeff Fisher. 
He put energy in that building. He changed the entire culture. He got Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. I Right now, if you were drafting coaches to run your team, I, I don't know if Belichick goes one because of the way that the league is gone. I think it's a very short list of McVay and the guys that are part of the McVay tree. Him and Shanahan and all these offensive guys that are in their 30s. I, I can't imagine they would walk away. Uh, by the way, speaking of walking away, we, we got that report about Tom Brady over the weekend. Is he ready to walk back through the door that he walked out of two weeks ago? We'll get to that coming up next. We're live, local, and loud here on WDBO. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.